Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Yo, what's up, Victory? Good to see you guys tonight. Welcome to another midweek uh, online service. We are so grateful that you take time out of your schedule to hook up with us, and so I'm excited. We've got a brand new series that we're kicking off tonight, and it's going to really kind of, I'm hoping, stretch our faith. Uh, challenge all of us to dig into the word a little bit but before we unpack that uh, things are progressing uh, nicely uh, as as far as us moving forward with our reopen phases that we're going through so FYI this coming uh, uh, Wednesday or I should say the next Wednesday the 17th of June uh, impact students impact kids all of those will be reopening. Uh, we do have some information that's going to be coming out for you on that. But make sure that you make reservation not only for yourself, parents, adults, but uh, for, for either your kids or the, the teenagers. We need to have some, uh, some numbers there so we can uh, uh, accommodate everybody the, the, the proper way. Uh, so just stay tuned. We're going to be sending out some stuff. I know that the teenagers are going to get some information for what actually takes place in youth. Uh, Nicole will be sending things out to parents for the kids as well. Uh, so work with us on that. If you have questions beforehand, give us a shout here at the office. We'll hopefully be able to help you navigate that. Uh, and, you know, very soon I'm believing that we're going to be operating at a, at a much more regular, uh, you know, I've heard this phrase throughout this thing, uh, it's the new norm. And, and, and I don't know if I'm, a, I'm even liking that phrase, so I'm not really ad, uh, adopting that in my, my thinking. I, I think that uh, obviously we need to be subject to change and be flexible as far as believers, without a doubt. But uh, moving forward, uh, we're going to continue to, to, to uh, lead by example. And we're believing that coming on the other side of this, that God's going to do something really supernatural out of this time that, that, uh, that we've been in. So uh, you stay, uh, stay dialed in. Keep your faith hooked up with all of us here. Uh, let's, let's get into this tonight. We're talking about the book of Daniel. And <clears throat> here's what I discovered uh, in my journey as a pastor is so often uh, books like Daniel and, and different ones in the Old Testament, they really don't get a lot of consideration unless you are really serious about your Bible time. Uh, those are books that, that we, we rarely go to. And, and I know, uh, <clears throat> myself included in this, uh, you know, I, I, I focus more as a New Testament church. I, I, the majority of my teaching and life is out of the New Testament. But there is some great insight, and one of the things I love most about the book of Daniel is it is this wonderful, exciting window in, into the, the, not only the history of God's people, but the future of God's people. And so uh, let me pray over you, and we'll get right into things. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person that is listening to me tonight, or in the future, if you're listening to this talk, may the God that opens up our understanding speak revelation to our heart tonight, Lord Jesus Thank you for ordering our steps, enlarging our path, giving us clarity and vision for 2020. Uh, wow, 2020 vision. Anyway, in Jesus' name, you get this tonight. <laughs> Amen. Now, let me set this up. In chapter 1, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is this narcissistic, over-the-top Old Testament king that rules the, the Babylonian Empire. <clears throat> and unfortunately, because repeatedly, when you follow the people of God through the New Testament, or through the Old Testament, they rebel against God, and, and unlike the grace that we live under, they lived under law, and under law, man, so often they stepped away from the hand of God, 
and the enemy would just sweep in and overtake them. And so many times it happened. And this is one of those accounts. And we're probably looking in the scope of history. This was about bet- between five and 600 B.C. So from, from where we're at today, you're looking, let, let's say 2,500 years ago, this took place. And the Babylonian Empire, they, they just come in and take over Jerusalem. <clears throat> and one of the first things that you see is Nebuchadnezzar, he says, give me the, the youngest, give me the brightest that they have, and bring them to me. Now, I want you to wrap your head around this, because I know we live in a time in history, especially right now with what's going on in our society in America. We get tore up over things, but I want you to listen. These young people were taken, not just taken from their homes, they were taken from their country. Not just taken from their country, but now they are forced to be re-educated by this ungodly Babylonian system. And here's just a little nugget that you can uh, think about uh, as we get into this talk. Because I know a lot of people, uh, when they, here, here's the two, the, the two kind of commentaries I get when I bring up Daniel. Uh, Paula and I were talking the other, the other day when we were putting the, the logo and stuff together. She says, all I can find is the lion's den. And how many of you can relate to that? When the, when the book of Daniel's brought up, you go, oh, yeah, he's the guy in the lion's den. Or it's the, the three, three boys in the fiery furnace. But for those that study the scripture more, we see Daniel as a window into the end times. But I want you to be a little bit more open even than in that uh, uh, revelation. I want you to realize that the book of Daniel, not only does it give us insight into the, into the future uh, of world events, but more importantly, it gives, it gives us revelation and insight into the future of the people of God. And I think that's the thing that you and I have to understand tonight. Uh, and hopefully, if you're listening, wherever you're at this evening, that you are born again, you are one of God's people. Uh, but if not, then uh, we want to make sure to give you that opportunity before we, uh, before we leave you this evening. So stay hooked up with us. Uh, if these things sound new or they're unfamiliar to you, just keep an open heart. You know, at the end of the day, I tell, I tell all my people this all the time, uh, don't just assume that I'm right. Get into the word for yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. He is the ultimate. He is the great teacher. And so when you get into this book, we, we see future events unfold. Uh, and it takes us, when you follow the book of Daniel, it literally will take you from his time all the way up until the return of Christ. And he sets up his kingdom on the planet. It's actually referenced in the book of Daniel as his 70 weeks of years. And that's in another series. We'll break that down completely in one of the sessions that we get into. But, but tonight, I just want you to be open because there's so much more in the book of Daniel. One of, uh, one of God's greatest examples that, that, that you'll see in the book of Daniel is just how far God will go with an individual that will absolutely trust him in any given situation. And when you look, and we'll look at some of these uh, in, in tonight's lesson, but they were faced with some radical things in their life. Now, now keep in mind, they've already been taken from their homeland, and they've been brought to a different country. I mean, I, I really believe, and I know for myself, I try to, and I, and I tell you guys this all the time, when you read the scriptures, put yourself in the room, be in the situation. That's one of the key uh, the key foundations of, of healthy, correct Bible interpretation is you have to interpret the Bible in light of the culture that it was written in. 
And one of Daniel's major emphasis on what, what you'll see is, is when a person is separated. Now you, this is one of your take-homes while you're home. This is one of your uh, refrigerator things you want to write down and put on, on your refrigerator. But one of the key lessons from Daniel is this. When you are separated and committed to the will of God, just how far God will go, what God will do for a believer. You see these miraculous things take place. Another key component in the book of Daniel is, is his clarity into the realities of the world of the Spirit. And hopefully tonight we'll be able to talk about some of those different aspects. So that's what I want you to realize tonight. The book of Daniel is so much more. It is really one of my favorite books because you get the entire scope of not only the spiritual world and what things look like on the other side, but you get some insight into end-time events. And we'll touch on end-time events, but uh, let, me, let me, you know, sum that up real quick, quickly. Uh, at the end of the day, just be ready. It's real simple. You're not going to know when, so don't worry about that. And I know some of you guys, you really love end-time stuff, and we'll touch on some of that, but you're not going to know when, so stop trying to figure it out. I used to, man. I would do the math. I would take generations, and I would try to add them up. Why? All that does is distract you from what you're supposed to do. Occupy till he comes back. One of the first things that here's the, one of the first things that Nebuchadnezzar does, does as he gets these boys and he brings them back to Babylon and he brings them into his providence where he lives. And he's wanting to develop these kids, and he invests in them, and he's training and educating them. But one of the first things that he does is he changes their name. And what's interesting is we all know them as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? But their original names weren't that. Their original, I mean, those were their original names. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar changed their names. And I'll give you those names real quick, but let me, let me just say this. He knew enough about the Almighty that he couldn't have Hebrews running around in his providence, running around in his territory, speaking their, what, what their names meant in the Hebrew language to other people. Because in biblical times, names actually meant something. You didn't Google a name or find out what was trending. No. In biblical, in the Hebrew culture, names mean something. For example, Daniel means this. God alone is the judge. And so Nebuchadnezzar was not going to have Daniel and his friends and everybody else saying out loud in the palace all the time, God alone is the judge, because Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm the judge. With me? So Belshazzar was Daniel's name. Yeah, I like Daniel better, right? Uh, uh, Shadrach, that's the Hananiah was his Hebrew name. They call him Shadrach, which means Jehovah is gracious. Meshach, his name was Mishael, and it means this, there is no one like God. And then Abednego, which was Azariah, his name was changed to, meant that Jehovah is our help. Just these four names really sum up that God is the judge, God is gracious, no one's like God, and God helps us. When you get this revelation, no matter what God puts you in, because you're going to see these boys, they're young adults, and they've been thrown, literally at one time thrown into the fire. And so when you go into chapter 1, one of the first things you see is right away God begins to work in their behalf, and God brought Daniel 
and his friends into this unbelievable favor with an ungodly. I mean, some of the gods that these people worshipped, I mean, it was, it was repulsive. And not only did, did the Lord prove their faithfulness to God when you see what takes place, but I want you to see something when you, when you begin to read this, and hopefully you'll take some time in chapter 1, and you'll see one of the keys that really jumped off the page to me is their humble, courteous approach, their attitude toward their new ungodly rulers. They weren't these rebellious, trying to prove a point. They handled themselves with honor and with integrity because they knew their God. And the thing that you have to understand, God, and you'll see this in verse 17, God honored their faithfulness to the degree. Now, let, let me, for sake of time, I'm kind of moving through this chapter. But you have to realize that God brought them into favor with the king. Now, I want you to get this. These four Hebrew young adults that are basically refugees of war are now, because of the hand of God on them, they have an audience with the most powerful king on the planet. I know, you think, well, that's a cool story. You need to wrap your head around that. How many of you all get an audience with the president, with the governor, with the mayor, with me? Not that I'm anybody, but my, you see my point? These boys wound up in the presence of the most powerful king on the planet. And they had influence. And it all started because they refused to eat the ungodly foods that they offered to idols. And God gave them favor with that because they didn't have to partake of that. And the guy that was in charge of them, he, he, he really, you know, you think about it. I can't, Azariah, I think, might have been his name. I can't remember right now. But he actually put his life on the line because if the king saw a difference in him, well, he was the first one. I mean, they just had you killed. It's not like you, you, get, you, get, a, you get a fine. You, you get killed and your family gets killed. So I'm calling these four Hebrew boys the Fantastic Four. I know there's a movie that came out, but these four, they are, they are legit. And, and one of the things I love about the New Testament that kind of references this, not scripturally, but from a revelation standpoint, is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 really commissions us as New Testament believers to demonstrate the same kind of faith, the same kind of boldness that the Fantastic Four did. Watch this, Acts 1, 8, listen carefully to this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. But the key is you're going to receive power to do this, to be a witness for Christ, to stand up for what you believe in. Some of the things that are going on in our society today, people are standing up for what they believe in. Everybody's not doing it the right way. Okay, welcome to humanity. When do we ever do anything the right way? But at least they are standing up for what they believe in. So as we begin tonight to unpack this book, something all of us, we have to be open to is allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to be open to the spiritual aspect of what's kind of taking place, not only in the book of Daniel, but throughout the scriptures. But the book of Daniel gives you some beautiful insight. So let's start. Um, I know I'm fast-forwarding a little bit, and then we'll come back. But I want to I show you some of these things that are taking place. In Daniel chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 12, uh, now, 
let me set this up a little bit because in, in this passage, the, uh, the archangel Gabriel is speaking to Daniel. And let, let me, let me kind of give you some understanding here. Gabriel is the same angel that when John the Baptist was about to be born, when he came, when, when the angel stood in front of Zacharias and, and told him that, yeah, I know you all are older, but you're getting ready, you're getting ready to have a baby. And, and like Zacharias, he didn't believe him. And so the angel shut his mouth. But he makes this statement. He says, I am Gabriel, the archangel, and I stand in the presence of the Almighty. Wow. He stands in the presence of God. And now Gabriel is standing in the presence of Daniel, and he's getting ready to give him some, some very clear insight into a world you and I can't see. But it is just as real today in our life as it was in Daniel's. And he says this in verse 12. He said, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. First day. All right, Gabriel is letting Daniel know, when you came before me in prayer, the first day you prayed, I heard you. And I have come, watch this, because of your words. Not because of your church attendance, not because you're a tither, not because you're just a good old Christian boy. I have come because of your words. Remember, I've talked about this several times in some of our sessions. The Apostle James has it right. Our words, our tongue is the rudder of our life. And words contain spiritual reality. And Gabriel is telling Daniel, I have come because of what you've been saying. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, wait a minute. Now, now, in this particular time, all right, Nebuchadnezzar has already been taken off the scene. And the Medo-Persian Empire, now they are ruling at this time in chapter 10. But he is not talking about a human prince of a, of a natural kingdom on this planet. He says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So you got to get the picture. So now we're three weeks into this, and Daniel hasn't seen the thing that he's prayed about yet. You getting this? I know some of y'all, you want instant pudding because you think you're Jesus because he says something that happens. But it doesn't always work like that. So he's letting Daniel know this is a spiritual reality that's unfolding. And Daniel is having a conversation with Gabriel. And he says that the prince of Persia withstood me, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes. Now, Michael is another archangel. He came to help, help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now, he's not talking about earthly kings, okay? And I want you to get this. Much of the stuff that we're seeing unfold today in the world, there are still spiritual influences over regions of our planet. We never think about this stuff, you all. We just blame people and blame politicians, and there is a power of darkness. There is a demonic force, and I don't like to talk about that stuff a lot because I believe that he is defeated, but so often until the church rises up and acknowledges that reality, then we stay at the mercy of our ignorance. So he's letting Daniel know that there is a battle going on in the heavenlies right now. And he says, and I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision. That, now, you'll, you'll, we'll get into the vision that Daniel saw, but he's telling him this vision refers to 
many days yet to come. Now, here's what I want you to get out of this. This Babylonian, this Medo-Persian, Nebuchadnezzar-type influence, they are still today opposing the Almighty. They are still at work in our world today, and it is going to take people of faith to rise up just like Daniel's words. Gabriel said, I am responding to your words. And, and, and listen, Daniel wasn't talking to other people. He wasn't degrading and putting down other people. He wasn't coming against government. No, he was speaking things into existence by faith, and Gabriel responded to that. I just wonder how many of us today have the confidence to know that there are angels. The book of Hebrews says that there are ministering spirits set on behalf of the righteous. They are here now to help us. In chapter 12, the angel goes on to tell Daniel this. Y'all okay? I know we're getting ready to get deep a little bit with some of this. In chapter 12, Daniel, the angel makes this really radical statement. He, he tells Daniel this. You shut up the book until the time of the end. Now, here's the deal. How do we know when that is? Because throughout history, you know, it allows us looking back to be able to confirm some of these things. So many of the prophetic words given in the Old Testament, now we have the luxury with the help of the Holy Spirit's inspiration to look back and we see truth. And I'm going to show you some of this shortly. But what you need to understand, from the time that, the, that Nebuchadnezzar, from the time that the Babylonian Empire took control of Jerusalem, watch this, until 1967, way over 2,000 years, from Nebuchadnezzar to 1967, Jerusalem has been occupied by Gentiles. But in the Six-Day War in 1967, Jerusalem was brought back under Jewish control. And according to the book of Daniel, this is the beginning of the time of the end. Huh? It is literally the countdown to the Messiah's return to the planet. And what you need to understand is that prophetic time clock, it begins in chapter 2 with Nebuchadnezzar's dream. But here's the, let me just take a second. I want to show you all just how, just how cool God is. Because I'm, I'm, I started putting this talk together last week. Maybe, I don't, I don't know when I started, maybe a little before that. But I've been working on it for a little while. And I'm sitting on the porch last night at the house, and Derek sends me this message. Derek, if you're watching, you're the man. Thanks, bro. But he sends me this message and says, man, you got to check this video out. Talking about, uh, you know, the, talking about some of these end time events. And Derek had no idea I'm putting this talk together, but God did. And so, you know, he, he, Derek sends me this. I watched the, the video last night talking about the perspective of end times from a Galilean wedding. And I mean, I'm, the clarity in Revelation was, ro I mean, I had to stop and get my notepad and start writing stuff down. I'm not wanting to talk about a bunch of end time stuff tonight, but I want you to realize something. We are in, according to the book of Daniel, as a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus makes this statement, talking to his Galilean disciples. I mean, I had no idea until Derek sent me this. Did you all know that two-thirds of everything that took place in the Gospels took place in the Galilean region? Had no idea. Jesus talked to Galileans all the time. They knew culture, and that's one of the big things. And I'm like, man, this is making so much sense now. 
And so as I begin to think about my talk and think about what I'm watching with what's unfolding with this video, and I'm writing stuff down, and I'm like, man, this is awesome, Lord. Jesus makes this statement. He says one of the keys at the end, he says this, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the temple, spoken of by Daniel, you'll know that I'm getting ready to come back. All right, a couple things you need to know, and then I'll move on from the end time stuff. There has to be a temple for him to stand in. Jerusalem had to exist. They had to have control. So all of that's unfolding. These are just some of those nuggets that I'm letting you know we're in those last days. Now, don't take it any further than that. Don't try to think, well, am I going to be here to see it? I'll, I'll, I'll get into some of that later on. I just want you to see the picture. But more importantly, the reason I share that is this, just to see how cool God is. And just in little things, how he will, he will help you. And so it was, it was very interesting that Derek uh, thought to send that to me last night when I'm getting ready to talk about this. Are you with me? So, so keep those things in mind. Uh, one of the things I want you to see is in Daniel chapter 2, he tells all the magicians, all the astrologers, all the sorcerers, because Nebuchadnezzar has had this crazy dream, and it freaks him out. And so he gets all the magicians, all the astrologers, all the sorcerers. Let me stop for a second. Make no mistake about it. Don't kid yourself. All of these still exist today. Just like the prince of Persia of that time that was controlling the actual region of Persia, there are spiritual forces that manipulate this stuff. And you know what's really dangerous? Parents, get with me right here. You know what's really scary is in your, your, t your children's, quote, animated movies, I cannot tell you how much they blow up sorcery and magic. And they paint this picture, well, it's okay, it's fun, it's just a children's movie. Don't you be that foolish. You with me? Pay attention to what your kids watch. Anyway, he calls all the magicians, all the astrologers, all the sorcerers. Mm, thank you, Lord, sorry, I'm not done. Some of y'all say, yeah, but it's just entertainment. You think so? That is how we get indoctrinated into certain ways of thinking. It starts out as something very simple. And then all the next thing you know, it's a habit in your life. No, it's not that big of a deal. And the next thing you know, they're playing a major influence in your life. Anyway, they call all the magicians, all the astrologers, all the sorcerers together. And he says, if you can tell me the dream and its interpretation, you're okay. But now, now pay close attention because we live in America, all right? He says this, but if you cannot tell me both, if you can't tell me the dream, if you can't tell me the interpretation, I will have you and your family executed. <laughs> right? We read stuff like that in the Bible. We're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that was a Bible story. Listen, there's stuff like this that still goes on in other parts of the world. We live in the most blessed nation on the planet. And I know that there's stuff that's jacked up that right now that needs to be addressed. And, and make no mistake about it, no man in and of himself is going to fix it. This is a God thing. And the church, it's time for you to wake up and rise up. All right? So hook up with me. Let's start believing God for some things. Now, let's dig into this. Daniel chapter 2. So Daniel gets wind of this. The king's killing all. And, and you know, he could have he kept quiet. The magicians, the astrologers, the, the, you know, he could have think, well, they're, they're devil worshiping evil people. They need to be killed. But he didn't go that route. Listen, listen, Daniel 2.24. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men. 
And he went and said this, Don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I'll tell the king the interpretation. Then Ariot quickly brought Daniel before the king. Now, you see, guys, I want you to listen. We read this stuff, and we just read through it like it's nothing. He brought Daniel before the king of the most powerful. I, I, I don't think we, we take the time to let this resonate, what's happening here. He, I mean, he just ordered every, every astrologer, every sorcerer, he just ordered all of them to be executed, not just them, but their kids, their wives. Now, Daniel gets an audience with this king, and he says, that Arioch says, I found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to you the king, make known to the king the interpretation. And the king said to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream that I've seen and its interpretation? You got to get this. Daniel answered in the presence of the king, and he said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, cannot declare to the king. Here we go. But, say but. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. I want you to notice, Daniel didn't think for a second to touch the glory, to touch the anointing. Huh? He knew. And see, this is one of our things today. So often we get hung up in recognition and, and things of that nature. Uh, not Daniel. He knew where his source was. He said, there's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to the king what will be in the latter days, your dreams and the vision upon your, uh, uh, of your head upon your bed and what they are. So watch this. The, when you get into this. Now, just take your time when you, when you go to read this for those of you that will. But in verses 32 and 33, you kind of, he, he gives you, it starts out with this image because Nebuchadnezzar sees this image. And, uh, hey, guys, let me know when I'm at about 30 minutes. I don't want to keep my people too long tonight. Uh, but he says this. He, he gives us the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw. Head of gold, chest of arms, belly and thigh, bronze, legs and iron. Let, let me break this down for you because when he gives him this, now looking back from history through the window of time, now we can see because the book, remember he told Daniel, you seal the book up until the time of the end, but at the time of the end, looking back through history, the Holy Spirit can give us revelation through the, through the timeline of history and show us who these were. The head of gold, in which he starts with the head of gold and lets him know that one, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, head of gold, this is you. Chest and, and arms, silver, that's the next empire, the Persian empire that comes in. Go on down the, the, uh, the, the image of the, the, that he sees. The belly and thighs of bronze, that's the Greek empire that took over and, and dominated the Medo-Persian. And, the, and, the re and it's, it's funny when you look at some of these things, that, the, that Greek empire, uh, man, it was one of the most powerful forces on the planet in that time of history. But probably the most influential, powerful, noted force was the legs and iron, the Roman empire. And which was during the time that Jesus was on the planet, obviously. But then he sees this last portion of the statue of the image. There's feet of iron and clay. Well, iron and clay don't mix, first of all. But this is a picture, and he literally goes into some detail about this. And looking back, this is the re what we would call today, this is the revised Roman Empire, or we know it today as the European Union. 
And he goes into detail about ten toes, and, and there's ten nations that are brought in. It's crazy, and, and I'll put some of that together for you, but not tonight, okay, because we're getting ready to run out of time. But I want you to make note of this, that, 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 that as you see, just as the types of metal declined through the image, I believe so have our world systems declined. I believe we're living in a time in history. Well, let me keep reading. Verse 41. You saw the feet and toes, partly potter's clay, partly iron. The kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. That is exactly what this world looks like today, especially the European Union. There's some strong parts of it, but there's some broken, weak parts of it. As you saw, verse 43, as you saw iron mixed with clay, they mingled with the seed of men, but both they will not adhere to one another. And we don't. There is no unity. There is no harmony on the planet at all today. And verse 44, and in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And of that kingdom, there shall be lifted up the other people, and it shall break in pieces and consume all the other kingdoms of the world. You see, this is the thing that, that I think God is wanting us to see as we begin to unpack this book tonight. Uh, I, I, you have to realize that God, as, when, when you have people that yield to God, he will do mighty things regardless of where you're at, regardless of what part of the world you're located in. But he still requires people to trust him, to yield to him. And, and the thing that I really love about Nebuchadnezzar, not that I love Nebuchadnezzar, but some of the things, he, he at least acknowledged God. In this same chapter, if you go down to verse 47, he says this, Truly, Daniel, your God is the God of gods. And he made Daniel, after Daniel revealed the dream and told him everything, he made Daniel ruler over all the province of Babylon. And then Daniel said, hey, can my, can my three buddies come be on staff with me? And so he put them in charge. And, and then you begin to see the progression of how the enemy is relentless. He will never stop. And, and so next, next Wednesday, we'll get into chapter 3 where you see the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their faithful stand. Because, and, and if you have time, go on and read into it so that we dig into it next, next Wednesday. But... They ask these guys to worship another god. And they're like, listen, it's not going to happen regardless of what you do. And that's the thing. I, and, and you're going to see it with uh, the, the thing that impresses me the most is their willingness, their unwaveringness in faith to not be shaken by what's threatening them when they didn't get their way, when everything isn't going right. They were stable. They were fixed and committed to the things of God. So before I sign off tonight, I want to give maybe somebody that's listening to me an opportunity to give your life to Christ. And, and, and I'm not talking about church membership. You know, those, those things come later. I'm talking about family, relationship with Jesus, not a religion. Relationship with Jesus, not a religion. And it's so simple. Jesus made it that way on purpose because he knew he was dealing with broken human people that were dealing with confusion and, and strife and, and everything going on in society. Just make us, make us choice to believe that Jesus is a real person. He died a real death. And he's alive today. He got up out of the grave. Believe it. it doesn't make, I'm not asking you to try to make sense of it. I'm asking you, believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. Just believe it. And then 
make a confession. So if that's you tonight, and yeah, you say, well, you're kind of cutting up. Yeah, we, we need to. Uh, we, we need to be light about things and serious at the same time. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So say this prayer. Take a leap of faith with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Now, man, if you said that, God bless you. So excited for you in your next steps in your journey of faith. Hey, give us a shout out here at the office. Let us know something. Look us up on social media. Contact us in some way so we can help you take your next steps in your journey of faith. For all my peeps, I know this is a little different flow digging into a book like this, but from time to time it's good. You know, uh, I, I saw a statement in the video that Derek sent me that the Bi 33% of the Bible is full of the prophetic word. Now, I know all the, the Bible is inspired by God, but very specific prophetic foretellings of things to take place, 33% of it. And today in the culture we live in, it, it is being systematically eliminated that it's not, it's not an important thing. It, less than 2% of pastors even talk about it. And so we're going to talk about it. And if it's a little much for you, then, then you know, uh, you'll just have to look back with us later. I won't take a lot of Wednesdays on it, but I think it's important that we have some good understanding some of the Old Testament books. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.